We want to see you. How about at Jesse Brown's Outdoors Facebook page, maybe Instagram. Both operate under the handle Jesse Brown CLT, and we want to see your hike, hunt, fish, climb, travel pics. We love to share and hope that you do too. Plus, giveaways, discounts, and celebrating our friends is a part of the charm. Again, Facebook and Instagram at Jesse Brown's CLT. Come on in, the listening is fine, and the Carolina Outdoors are always in season. We're glad that you're joining us each and every week that you join us here on the Carolina Outdoors, whether we're blasting up and down the eastern seaboard with you early on a Saturday morning via the the airwaves of WBT Radio, or maybe you're joining us via podcast, highlights of the Carolina Outdoors. You can hear this segment and other segments. If you like what you hear, rate and review us. It helps other people find us and everyone should take note that this time of year here in spring so much is happening in the Carolina outdoors and beyond whether it be spring break travel whether it be uh, stripers up on the Roanoke Rapids whether it be at the coast in the lake or even in the mountain streams but our listenership here via the airways of WBT that is always increases this time of year and part of that reason is because it is turkey hunters drive time radio and for that reason we need to check into the woods a little bit as both carolinas georgia virginia all the seasons are open right now this spring and we're going to find out uh, what's happening out in the woods for our turkey hunters as many of you are driving to the blinds to uh, try to call in Mr. Turkey. With all of that being said, we're going to bring on one of the most preeminent hunters in the United States. He's traveled all over the world hunting and fishing, but on this topic, hunting turkey. And we're going to bring him on from the Atlanta airport as he's on his way to Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, in pursuit of a certain species of turkey. Let's join him in to the program. James Bice of Bison Associates. Welcome. Hey, Bill. How are you guys doing? Man, we're doing fantastic. We're doing a lot better now that we have you. And before we jump into the uh, uh, talking about the New Mexico turkey season, we're going to keep you here in the southeast. We know you've been out in the woods a good bit in Georgia. We know you know the Carolinas quite well, uh, too, James. With that being said, we've had a fairly wet spring um we've had a fairly normal spring thus far a couple of weeks into the season for the carolinas uh james because of the weather because of the post-pandemic uh uh maybe uh, uh, lessening of hunters being in the woods what have you found is working is not working for turkey hunters this season uh, you know, it's been a frustrating season for a lot of people. I know we've had a, a you know extraordinarily wet spring. It's been fairly windy, a lot of cold fronts moving in and out. Yes, uh, it's caused uh, gobbling activity to be down. I would say more than more than normal. So you know, I think there's a lot of hunters going into the woods right now. They're not hearing birds gobble, but I can assure you those birds are there. I've been doing a fair amount of hunting over in Western North Carolina, and it's day to day. You know, pretty days, nice crisp morning. Turkeys are gobbling. Uh, we're, I feel like we're coming, at least in the western North Carolina woods, into what's known as the gobbling lull, which is where the gobblers have their hens with them. They're, they're tending the hens. They're staying quiet. They're strutting. They're, you know, it's peak breeding. So the gobblers are going to be kind of quiet. So I would look here the next week to week and a half that that, that gobbling activity is going to pick up considerably, and hunters are going to start hearing a lot more gobblers in the woods. 
Well, let me ask you a couple of questions, and, and, and namely, the first one's going to be, um, how mobile should we be as hunters, especially if we're set up, we're in our blind, we're where we need to be, and we don't have any gobbling, as we hear the uh, uh, the, the traffic in the Atlanta airport. Uh, <laughs> uh, how mobile should we plan to be as hunters as far as trying to find the birds, leaving a blind, moving our blind, taking our decoys somewhere else? Um, I, would, I, would, I would leave the right this time of year. I would leave the blinds and the decoys at home and just stay very mobile, you know, drive, walk. I always, I always recommend walking a lot. Um, you're going to have to search for the the one or two gobblers that are looking to play right now, you know, sitting and waiting is not the right thing right now. I don't think, I think you're, you're much better off being a more mobile turkey hunter and, and trying to find, uh, you know, going to look for the bird that wants to play with you. My second question in, in regards to how much or too much or not enough is calling. Um, what calls do you take out there, especially with the lull? I like the way you said that too, a gobbling lull in this part of the season. Um, it's easy to overcall, but where do you draw the line in not calling t- too much or, or to, to get those birds kind of towards you? I'm, I'm the wrong guy to ask about that. There's an old uh, Wilbur Primo's quote in some of the old uh, truth videos that said we call too much and we call too loud, and I definitely fall into that, that, that category. I'm, I'm calling pretty loud. I'm calling often, and I'm, I'm just trying to strike a bird that's going to gobble back at me. And as soon as, if you can get one that will gobble back at you more than just a couple of times at the call, you can rest assured if you go to him, you're probably going to have a pretty good hunt. Well, of course, we we heard the air, airport traffic in the back. Um, tell us about the difference between hunting in the southeast. Of course, you are a southeastern fellow. You, you know, Georgia Ray spent time throughout the Carolinas. Your business, uh, you know, as a fly fishing representative for some of the finest uh, fly fishing companies around, as well as growing up in the turkey call business and the turkey hunting business. Talk to us about hunting in the southeast Compared to the trip you're going on now, heading out into the southwest, New Mexico, talk about the differences in territory, the differences in birds, and the differences in the hunt while you're out there. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 the territory itself is going to be starkly different. You know, I grew up in the Mount Laurel, uh, steep, steep canyons and, and mountaintops of North Georgia, western North Carolina. So we've got a lot of Mount Laurels fairly thick, and out there it's a lot of ponderosa pine, wide open spaces. A lot of open parks, so you're you can't quite move as much. But uh, the good thing is, is we're hunting the Miriam subspecies on this particular hunt up near Chama, New Mexico, and they they tend to travel a little more. They tend to uh, gobble a lot more. They're a more vocal bird typically. And uh, in my opinion, and I'm probably going to get get crucified for saying this, but I think they're a lot easier to kill than our eastern subspecies. Oh, do tell why. Is it because they move around? They're a little bit more mobile? or, or, or they're, they're a little more mobile. They don't have, you know, they don't have as much pressure. There's not a hunter sitting, you know, behind almost every tree trying to get at them. And they're just, uh, yeah, they're just, a, they're, they're a really pretty subspecies. They've got white tips on their tails. Uh, they're a little larger than, our, than their, their, their eastern cousins. But they're just the, the, the bird being more vocal allows you to kind of keep track. If they're moving, you can kind of keep track of them. They respond to the call pretty good. And if you can get on a travel path with those birds they, you know, while they're moving and traveling and, and kind of intercept them at a, at a crossroad and get within a couple of hundred yards of where they're going to travel, you can, you can usually call them off of that route over to you. Versus an eastern bird, sometimes when you call to them, they just decide to go the, the other way because <laughs> turkeys do turkey things. 
<laughs> yeah, I saw something. Uh, we invite everybody to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Jesse Brown CLT is our handle out there. One of the things that was on uh, one of the Jesse Brown's feeds was somebody had posted a turkey hunter who had parked his truck at the gate, uh, had had was not there. The truck was there. He was out, uh, you know, on the tree line set up, ridge line set up with his blind, with his decoys hunting. And the person taking the video, there were three birds right there at this hunter's truck. And they were laughing. <laughs> and the, the hunter was out there looking for the birds, and the birds were right there at the hunter's truck. So that kind of goes with what you're saying um, uh, with how it can be sometimes here in the east. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's they seem to always be where you're not when you're trying to when you're trying to hunt them. So, James, I have a few questions. What is one of your favorite? Of course, you've hunted down in Florida. I left that out. The Osceola's down there. Uh, do you have a favorite mm-hmm. species of bird or, or subspecies of turkey to hunt? Absolutely. Out, out of the out of the five species we've got here in North America, the eastern turkey is by far my favorite. I think they're the most challenging. The they it, it's just hard to beat a hard gobbling eastern turkey out of all the subspecies. All right, James Bice is our guest here on the Carolina Outdoors. If you're just joining us, James is a sportsman. He's been on here talking about elk hunting, fly fishing, tarpon fishing, and now we're talking a little bit about some turkey season, turkey hunting out there. And, James, you've given us some good advice. Uh, I did mention that our listenership here on the Carolina Outdoors goes up. We call it uh, – uh, outdoor drive time for people who are getting up early, not only those who are waking up regularly to their alarm clock uh, kicking in, uh, but also people heading to work, but also people who are heading out to their blind. I mentioned the pandemic and uh, uh, post, well, 2020, uh, turkey hunting throughout the southeast anyway, had a pretty sizable increase. Uh, North Carolina specifically had an increase in hunters and had an increase in harvest. Uh, South Carolina increased a little bit, stayed steady with harvest. Um, Here we are in 2023, kind of have all that stuff in our rearview mirror. Talk to us about uh, pressure, other hunters being out there, other hunters being in the airport traveling or in the woods with us. are you, are, anecdotally, are you seeing more people, less people, or the same amount of people turkey hunting? There, there's, there's certainly more people, especially post-pandemic. And uh, the, the last statistic I read was that turkey hunting is growing faster than uh, the, than the national population per capita, percentage-wise. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very popular sport now, which is completely understandable. But you know, definitely seeing more pressure. Uh, I just ran into two guys that were that were hunting at the uh, at the restaurant here at the airport. And, you know, they're not heading to the same place we are, but they are traveling and they are turkey hunting. So, you know, I'm seeing more people in the woods. I'm, I'm definitely seeing a, uh, an influx of, of new hunters coming in, which is never a bad thing. But it, it does create, you know, not, not sometimes an overcrowding issue, especially in some of the smaller parcels of public land. For sure. And uh, with, with that question, I wanted to ask you, I mentioned uh, in the introduction that you were a sportsman across the board. Uh, but you are a very talented uh, tarpon fisherman with a fly rod. You you fished the Keys, fished around the world. Um, to me, tarpon fishing with a fly rod resembles the addiction to some degree that hunters feel with turkey. 
Now this oh, is Oh, absolutely. Maybe yeah, more so. Well, and I wanted to ask you not to put you on the spot cuz to me this is a hard question to answer, but if anybody can, James Bice, you are the man. What is it about turkey hunting or tarpon fishing? What is it about those sports that become so addictive that can kind of compel us to drop everything for that passion? Uh, turkey hunting is just interaction with the animal. You know, you're, you're having a conversation with the animal you're hunting, and it's, there's a high skill set involved. It's a learned skill. And, you know, like anything else, it's, if, if you, you know, the best way to get to Carnegie Hall is practice, and that's, that's the way it is with turkey hunting. I wore the shells out of my gun before I killed the first one. And, and with tarpon fishing, it's more about the, uh, really, it, I just, uh, you know, the eat of the fish. You know, these are ancient-looking animals. They're yes. dinosaurs. You know, they, they date thousands of years back. There's been very little evolution with that fish. And once you see one jump, the only thing that would make a carpet cooler is if they roared when they came out of the water. <laughs> I think well said, being put on the spot, talking about the addictiveness of these sports. And, of course, uh, uh, I, I tell this story oftentimes here on the Carolina Outdoors. I was married on a Saturday in mid-April, and I had multiple people call me out because I messed up their entire Saturday of turkey hunting because they had to show up to a wedding. I, I might not have made that wedding. <laughs> I bet you for sure would not have made it. <laughs> you would have been out there just like you're going to be out there in New Mexico. James Bice, always, we appreciate your time here. We heard him call your plane. We know you have to board, but listen, have oh, a yeah. safe flight. Boarding now. And, I'll uh, do it. Thank you very much. We'll look forward to a report back on that Miriam. Sounds good. I'll give you one. <laughs> you got it. Off he goes. That's James Bice from Bice and Associates. Uh, James does call on us at Jesse Browns with uh, uh, several of the companies that we sell there uh, in regards to fly fishing. Um, in fact, Solitude Flies is just one of many of the companies that we have on hand in store that we sell. So thanks to James for jumping on the Carolina Outdoors and talking a little bit about turkey hunting because James grew up in the turkey call business uh, through his dad. And again, he has fished uh, uh, fished and hunted uh, around the country. And it's good to be able to pull in some of his talents here on the Carolina Outdoors. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Of course, it's not just turkey season. It's also hiker season. And in February and March, for many people, they are planning and beginning a northbound hike on the Appalachian Trail. This 2,190-plus-mile footpath that goes from the state of Georgia all the way up to its terminus in Maine has thousands of hikers that are taking the battle of the thru-hike on. And we're going to bring on someone who's an expert in that after these messages. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. 